0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at online they continue to get it done as the number one and fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds, lines, and more. Hey, we're talking golf, esports, even combat sports, MLB when it comes back around, NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports, Bet online, it gives you everything. They continue to be the top online resource. For all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures, all you have to do is head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's all with Bet Online, where the game starts. It's always ice cream season in Central New York and the locally owned and operated Carval in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab one of their Santa ice cream cakes or a Six-pack of Jolly Cups, both perfect for the Christmas season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel Ice Cream Store open seven days a week, Brewerton Road, North Syracuse, America's favorite since 1934, and now offering their Santa ice cream cake and six-pack of Jolly Cups. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonnette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout-out. Make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review where you get podcasts. On your smartphone device, we are brought to you by our great friends at Welch & Company Jewelers, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, Maple Down Senior Living Community, and Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And I do want to throw a quick tip of the cap. Thank you out there to friends of the platform, the Swan & Whitaker families, Daryl Aber, Bob Linsley, and the Alonzo family. NFL Week 15 is in the books. Let's do the weekly recap like we always do and we go all the way back to Thursday. A win for the 49ers over the Seahawks. This was just a game in which the Seahawks, I thought, you know, this year, all the talk was, well, they got it right. They traded Russell Wilson, right? Like Geno Smith, they found something there. And we were just kind of waiting for them to hit a little bit of a wall. And then... They hit a wall, but then they had an extra wall because they just could not physically keep up man-for-man man with San Francisco. It was just too much physicality. It was too much running game. It was too much of Shanahan and his play calling. It was too much George Kittle. It was too much of all of that. I mean, what, what the Niners do is they just push you and beat you into an oblivion, into a pulp when they get the chance. Three sacks for this San Francisco team and, um, you know, Ufanga got in the act. Nick Bosa yet again. Uh, Abukam got in the act with a sack. Um, you know, they obviously forced a, a, a fumble and recovered that. And look, it was only an eight-point game, but it was one of those ones that felt a lot bigger in terms of the margin. Christian McCaffrey was amazing, probably his best game as a 49er uh, in this one. I mean, he had 26 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. And, of course, uh, he uh, caught six balls for 30 yards. I got to tell you, right now in the NFC, I think it's literally a coin flip between the 49ers and the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. They are the two best teams, but the way the Niners have been playing the last few weeks. Mm, and you know what? Hopefully if you're an Eagle fan this Jalen Hurts injury doesn't linger with the shoulder, but I'm I'm here to tell you that San Fran looks damn dangerous and Brock Purdy is getting it done. And every single analyst and pundit I've heard on every single show of the last couple of weeks say they can win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. He's good enough to do the just the basic things. Don't even want to throw all game management there because he's a little bit more than that. He's a pretty good athlete, but they can win it with him. And, of course, he's got the chip on his shoulder with Mr. Irrelevant and all that. So, uh, Brock Purdy has been impressive so far for the San Francisco 49ers, and we know that he's in the right offensive system to thrive as well. Three games on Saturday, Vikings over the Colts. What a wild state of affairs in this one. 33 to nothing. The Colts were up at halftime, and you're, you're just sitting there going... There's no possible way, right? Now, I was I was actually playing golf in Florida, and I rushed in to, uh, uh, to change and, you know, get my bag and all this other sort of stuff, and I checked my phone, looked at the TV, I said, wait a minute. I just figured the game was dead and over. The Vikings just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And Cousins, the numbers he put up, 34-54 for 460 and four touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 17 carries for 95 yards. Osborne uh, catching the ball, 10 catches and 157 uh, through the air. Um, Delvin Cook also had 95 yards through the air on four catches and a touchdown. Um, the, The Vikings just flipped the switch. They kept coming. They kept, you know, making plays. And the defense, I credit too because, let's face it, in the first half, they were giving up just chunk yardage all over the football field to basically everybody. They were losing the key battles. They were losing, uh, you know, third downs and all the rest. And then the Vikings, the defense really clamped down. And the offense just kept humming. And they only gave up uh, one field goal in the second half, which was in the third quarter after the Vikings had scored 33-7. Then it was 36-7. And then, boom, touchdown, 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 you know, touchdown and two-point conversion uh, to TJ Hawkinson. And then Greg Joseph wins it with the 40-yarder uh, in overtime. So just a really, really wild game and you know, the Vikings, they can show now that they can come back in a football game. They can play you toe-to-toe and win close. Um, but I still don't I, – I there's still something there. And I, I guess we're just going to have to keep saying it until they prove that, that they can do it, that they can make it to the Super Bowl. Because I, I don't trust them as much as San Fran and Philadelphia right now. But that was a pretty impressive uh, comeback. I, I think it was also – Really, really bad by the Colts. I mean, if you're 33 up at halftime, like you, you cannot lose that game. And that was probably just one of the many, many bad, bad things that have happened to the Colts this year. It's just become an absolutely disastrous season for Indianapolis. Lamar Jackson, a little banged up in the game uh, against Cleveland. This was just an ugly affair across the board. This is exactly how the Ravens like to win. The Browns gave the Ravens their own medicine. 13 to 3 winners. This is, uh, I don't know if I want to say, um, you know, I don't know if I want to say a, a a. And I said Lamar Jackson dinged up, you know, in this one, meaning he didn't play. I mean, Tyler Huntley played the whole way, and his status this week is questionable as well. But I don't know as if I want to say that it was, you know, a devastating loss for Baltimore because they're still in position to make the postseason. But it was devastating from the standpoint of the division. Uh, Nick Chubb ran well, but it was more of the Browns' defense taking advantage of a backup quarterback. Um, Deshaun Watson really didn't even look that great either, but they took advantage of the backup quarterback. You know, they had three sacks. Um, you know, they had, uh, uh, just a ferocious defense. Guys were kind of flying all over the place, neutralizing things. Miles Garrett was a monster like he always is. And Cleveland gets the win. And again, it's not devastating for the playoff picture, but it's devastating now for the division. The Bills beat the Dolphins 32 to 29. I thought that the Bills, it was funny. I, I had one feeling of emotion and then another feeling of emotion. The first one was Buffalo uh, in, in this in the in the second quarter at the end of the first half, just under three minutes to go, the Bills went 12 plays and 82 yards in just under three minutes. And it was 21-13. You said to yourself, Okay, now I really, really feel good about this, right? I really feel good about this. They're going to bring that momentum into the second half. And then all of a sudden Miami just dominated them in the third quarter and early fourth. I mean, they really did. They took it down, scored a touchdown, failed on the two-point conversion. Then they score another touchdown with the Tyree Kill 20-yard pass from two with Tunga Waddle caught the one before that. Uh, just quick strike stuff. They opened up the passing game through the run game with Mostert and company. A lot of those short, uh, you know, intermittent throws that, uh, you know, were not happening um, you know, against the Chargers and 49ers started to happen against Buffalo and the snow was not as much a factor in the game as, pe- you know, many people predicted. Uh, the, the Dolphins tacked on a field goal. It was 29-21 and I was starting to get a little worried even though I knew there was still pretty much a whole quarter left to play and that's when number 17 for the Buffalo Bills basically put his Superman cape on and went absolutely hog wild against Miami and had a day Uh, and a half against this team. He loves playing against Miami. Maybe this was a coming out type of thing for Josh Allen, right? I mean, he's gone through these games after the elbow got dinged up against the Jets. He's gone through these games. You know Cleveland. He's gone through the Detroit game. He's gone through a New England. He's gone through a lot of these games where he's just kind of been getting those shots during the week and kind of trying to get this thing up to feeling pretty solid. Maybe now it does. Maybe now he's finally rested it and trained it and and gotten the right medicine and and training and all the rest. Because I got to tell you, I mean, the throws he was making in that fourth quarter. I mean, that drive, seven plays for seventy-five yards and two fifty-four. And then, uh, you know, the the throw to Dawson Knox was just a thing of beauty. Then he runs it, you know, up and goes airborne, breaks the plane with the football, two-point conversion, tie game. And then the Bills get the ball back, and they go 15 plays for 86 yards. I mean, that was wild stuff. Over 556, they kicked the the field goal at the buzzer. The game management was absolutely outstanding in this game. Uh, You know, Sean McDermott and his coaching staff, the adjustments, everything that happened, they did it, and they made it work. And Josh Allen, let me tell you what, I mean, he had 381 yards total from scrimmage and four touchdowns, including the two-point conversion run, and was just an outstanding performance from him. Um, you know, look, I think Miami's a really good team. I think Miami, um, you know, I, I think Tua's playing some solid football, and Mostert just showed, you know, in this game that how good he can be. You know, you know we know about Waddle, we know about Hill, um, you know, but... Uh, th- this was just a game where you know the Bills kind of showed their might a little bit again here, and and they've been whether they come back to do it or whether they they nip and tuck you know the whole way and and kind of go backyard playground type of thing with you, uh, blow for blow. They they are a team that has been winning close games, so that narrative kind of has to go away. I mean, people who say oh the Bills are only you know Colin Coward for example, you know the Bills are only a, a Mike Tyson team. You know they're either going to knock you out in the first minute or 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 they're going to struggle. Well. Sometimes in the NFL, this time of year, you struggle to win. You know, you you struggle to win against inferior opponents. You struggle to win in the cold weather, even if it's your home field. Um, you know, elements and all that. You're going to get injured. People have been injured for a long time. Uh, we're at the point of the season where most people say, "Hey, if you're not hurt by now, then <laughs> you're not playing." Um, but the Bills showed uh, again a lot of fight here, and they continue to be a dominant team at home. Six and one on the season. The lone blemish coming against the Minnesota Vikings some weeks back. All right, let's move to the Sunday slate. Before we do that, a quick message here on the ML sports platter brought to you by our great friends at Camillus golf club, the Vince Aguirre consulting group and Ken's auto detailing. Now this. ML sports platter back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe rate and review where you get pods on your smartphone at device. Let's get to the Sunday slate here. Um, Eagles beat the Bears 25-20. to uh, Look, the Bears kind of had them on the ropes a little bit, and Jalen Hurts just took over the game. I mean, he did have the two bad picks, but, man, he, he ran in his third touchdown of the game after that 68-yard throw to Brown, which is a thing of beauty. And you know what? This game featured two quarterbacks who kind of mirror one another, right? Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields are both kind of hybrid guys, right? And the difference, though, is Jalen Hurts is probably a little bit better. He's probably more advanced at this point in his career. But here's the difference. Howie Roseman and the Eagles went out and got him weapons. The Bears have got to get weapons for Jalen for, uh, for Justin Fields. He was great, by the way, uh, in this game on the ground, Justin Fields, um, and really was serviceable through the air. I mean, they, you know, you think when you get 157 yards of rushing, you're home, um, you know, you're, you're, you're battling through. Uh, you're in the game in the third quarter that you got some kind of a shot. Uh, it just didn't work out that way. Um, but Justin Fields was serviceable through the through the air, and he was unstoppable on the ground, but he doesn't have people. I mean, the Eagles have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You know, they've, they've got people. They have Miles Sanders to throw it to, and he runs it as well. The Bears have Byron Pringle and Cole Kmet and Aquamania St. Brown and David Montgomery running it and catching it. He's probably their, I don't know, Second-best player, if not like the one eight to Fields, you could make an argument. Maybe he's the best player on the team. I don't know. Um, I probably would go with Fields, but Montgomery's not that far back, and I, you know, I always thought Montgomery's game was great. But this game, you know, you're watching this game, you're seeing highlights, however you consumed it, and you're just kind of going to yourself, the Eagles can stretch the field. The Bears cannot. And that ended up being the biggest difference in the game. Saints beat the Falcons 21-18 to in a game that means absolutely nothing. Um, but it was uh, definitely, if you're a Saints fan, uh, you know, had to have felt at least pretty good. I mean, both these teams just needed a win to kind of feel good about themselves. It turns out New Orleans is that team. Lions beat the Jets 20-17. to This was a really, really good game, a really good finish, uh, a really good fight. The Lions go on the road. They're tough as nails. Um, end of game sequence was insane. Um, this wasn't a great offensive game by either side, um, but it just came down to the metal and the attitude and the, the hanging tough situation these Detroit Lions represent. Jared Goff was, uh, was pretty good in this game. I mean, he has had a great year. Now I think the Lions have really got to start thinking about what to do with him for the future here. Uh, he went 23-38 of 38 for two fifty two and a touchdown. Um, I thought he was really good. He, 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 he threw some really good balls, both short and long. He was balanced with his, with his attack. Uh, he got rid of the ball quickly. And, you know, the Lion defense came up with four sacks. They were kind of all over the ball as well. Uh, You know, Zach Wilson throws a bad interception. um, And the Lions got to win. And the Lions right now are a pretty darn good team. They also should have beaten Buffalo on Thanksgiving. So this Detroit team is now 500, folks. And this is the team now that we thought we'd see last year. We thought we'd see closer to this version, around 500 or maybe a game or two below. But they lost all those close games last year. All of them. And this year, they're winning those close games. And they're playing tough. And they have Jared Goff playing at a higher level. Those are the biggest differences, really. And the defense is better. The defense has been better. Swift is running it fine. You know, I mean, those are the differences compared to last year. No, no question in my mind. Um, Pittsburgh, 24-16 winners over the Carolina Panthers. This was just a hard game to, to try and pick. It was kind of a an old school kind of, you know, probably physical type of thing you'd think the game would be in the teens. Uh, Mitch Trubisky capped a 21-play drive. 21 by going over the top on that TD run. A uh, big difference in the game there. Uh, Johnson was catching the ball well for Pittsburgh. I thought Najee Harris was strong on the ground. And Pittsburgh's defense was just absolutely uh, ferocious in this game. And we know that that defense is not going to leave anytime soon. T.J. Watt had a sack and a half. The defense overall, four sacks. Sack and a half for Cam Hayward. A sack for Highsmith. I mean, that defense, they're healthy and they're really, really, really good. And obviously a lot of it starts with T.J. Watt. Then you got Cam Hayward up there, you've got Highsmith, you've got Terrell Edmonds, uh, you've got, uh, who am I forget? M- Micah Fitzpatrick's obviously one of the best defensive players in the NFL, so they're a ball hawking, swarming type team, and they really did a number on Carolina's offense, no question about that. The Jaguars beat the Cowboys 40-34, to hey man, Cowboys are going to Cowboys, that's why I always, always, always don't pick them, I don't believe in the hype because they, they lose a game like this, and now they're in absolute... I mean, they're not going to win the NFC East. I mean, this was they had to win this game to keep staying above, staying above, staying above, or even equal to the Philadelphia Eagles, but now the Eagles are 13-1. This was like the last-ditch effort here. The Cowboys at 11-3. Maybe they're still kind of an outside shot at that point, but now, no way. I mean, you're down three, three games in the standings. This was a brutal loss by the Cowboys. Their defense, shockingly enough, failed them. Uh, and also... The pick six. I mean, the, you know, the Rayshawn Jenkins with the the, the OT walk off pick six was an unbelievable play. And you know, when you look at when you look at some of the throws, and, and this is why I've always said that Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. When you look at him, and and you compare him to some of the other players in the NFL, he makes throws in the fourth quarter that you just are are you just can't figure out. You really just can't, you know? I mean, I'm watching this replay right now real quick, and he throws it to his man, you know, kind of, I I think, a little low. And I just don't know why he tried to force it in there, you know? I'm going to watch this thing one more time. He throws it. Well, he he threw it a little bit low. And the problem was his receiver was in the middle of two guys. You may make the, the, the argument that, well, it was still kind of in the wheelhouse, and as an NFL player, you got to make that play. But the problem with that for me is, and yes, I just saw it from the front again, and he probably should have made that catch. Okay. But the problem is you have your receiver. He's, he's already kind of falling to the ground. So you're throwing it to him hoping that he can make an acrobatic catch and that there's going to be no tip off of that. There's going to be no bobble and you're doing it in between two Jaguar players. So there's a lot of risk there. Now, did it hit him in the hands? And Sure. But wouldn't you like a more kind of calculated throw and a better disciplined throw? I would think so. And that's the stuff that Dak Prescott just isn't doing. I mean, he's just not doing it. And he hasn't done it. I don't know why people go nuts over him. I just don't understand it. Um, you know, the Cowboys had a great offensive game. There's no question. I mean... They can score points. They can do their thing. CeeDee Lamb was terrific. Uh, but you know what? Trevor Lawrence has been unbelievable as well. I mean, 27-42, to 42, we had another great game here in this one. Doug Peterson and he seemed to be really clicking. Four touchdowns through the air. Travis Etienne was outstanding on the ground. Jacksonville showed some might, and they're 6-8 and eight right now. And, you know, plenty of football left for them to build into next year, but they've got some core pieces there in Jacksonville, a couple of studs on defense. Jacksonville, I think they're going to be a team to watch in 2023. All right, Chiefs beat the Texans 30-24. Uh, to 24. Kansas City stays right up there with the Buffalo Bills at the top of the AFC. The Bills still number one because of the tie break, but the Chiefs have the same record, and they win their seventh AFC West title. Uh, they got that McKinnon OT touchdown run. He just grabbed the ball and exploded. A lot of Mahomes in this one. A lot of Pacheco. A lot of Kelsey and the Chiefs. Just you know, look, they were struggling in this game. I mean, they were down twenty-one to uh, twenty-one to sixteen going into the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs' offense just wasn't like going consistently. And they finally broke it through, broke it open. A couple of big-time plays. When the Chiefs start go- doing their chunk yardage thing, they're basically unstoppable, and they get the victory. And again, uh, their seventh straight AFC West title. I got to tell you, I think the Chiefs are in position to maybe win 10, 11, 12, 15 straight of these things. I really think so. I think they could do it. Denver 24 to 15. This game was absolutely brutal. Uh Brett Rippin connect with uh, connected with Eric Tomlinson, um double digit lead at that point and um that that's your ball game. You know, Denver won it at home. It was a toss-up game to begin with, but I went with the home team uh, in this one. And uh, Denver just, again, both of these teams are absolutely awful, and they've got huge off-seasons ahead. Denver, unfortunately, does not have their first pick because they gave that to Seattle to get Russell Wilson. Oops. Raiders beat the Patriots 30-24 to in the wildest finish of them all. I have no idea what the strategy was with Stevenson and, 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 and the Patriots. You know, that last play of the game, they're trying to do these back laterals and all the rest. And, you know, Jacoby Myers, I, I just do not understand. I don't understand what in the world they were thinking. Um, you know, they don't want to play for overtime. Well, okay, but what, what, what's your other option at that particular point? Your other option is to try and find a miracle. And so they decided to just try to make some crazy, like impossible offensive play happen without a lot of skill players on their team. And they back lateral it to Chandler Jones, who, by the way, puts on a wicked straight arm on Mac Jones. One Jones flattens the other Jones, and he runs it in for the walk-off score. Just a wild game. I was watching that in the hotel at the Naples Grand, and a ton of Patriot fans were down there and were uh, were sad about the loss, which made me uh, smile. And uh, that's that. The Raiders get the walk-off win. Chargers beat the Titans 17-14. This was a big... Big, big, big stepping stone for the Chargers, in my opinion. Brandon Staley didn't blow the game as head coach. Uh, Justin Herbert proved to the Titans, like, hey, dude, you guys are not going anywhere until you get a quarterback. We have a quarterback. We're going somewhere. We hope. Maybe learning from last year a little bit. They did give up over 100 yards to Derrick Henry. But Allen was great in this game. Uh, You know, their players got separation when they needed it. Uh, Herbert, his game-winning drive was a thing of beauty. And here's the thing though, they won tough they won they won they won ugly um they sometimes have shown that they can't win unless it's thirty one to twenty eight or thirty eight to thirty four and they went up against a variable team, they're always tough as nails, wicked physical super competitive, and the chargers matched them in that department in those departments and I thought that was impressive for l a winning that game Bengals beat the buccaneers thirty four to twenty three the Tampa bay buccaneers um they were up 14 to 3 going into the half. And then the Bengals outscored them 31 to 6 in the second half. And Joe Burrow just absolutely I mean he's he is so clutch and so uh, he just absorbs pressure and nothing seems to bother him. He's cool, calm, and collected and he was just An outstanding, outstanding competitor in this game when it mattered most. He did throw the bad pick, but you know what? He made some throws in this football game that were just absolutely unbelievable. The corner throws in the end zone, uh, hitting everybody in perfect stride, getting rid of the ball quickly if if there was a rush coming. And the Bengals proved to the Buccaneers, like, dude, our skill guys are way better than yours. I mean, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Like, wouldn't you rather have those guys at this point than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? And I realize that the latter two won a Super Bowl. I understand that. And they've been overall pretty good with Tom Brady. You know, Leonard Fournette was awful in this game. He had the bad fumble. It was an exchange that, you know, kind of went the other way. It went sideways. Um, But you know what? I want Higgins. I want Boyd, and I want Chase. You know, Russell Gage, Evans, Godwin, eh, you can have them. And I know that those guys had three touchdowns combined. Actually, Evans didn't have any touchdowns. It was Gage and and Godwin uh, who had the two scores, one apiece. So... Uh, Cincinnati right now is playing uh, as well as anybody in the NFL. Uh, I've said it for a long time. They've got cornerstone players. They've got a franchise quarterback. They've got two bookend defensive ends who are absolute studs. Now, granted, uh, Hendrickson was not in in this game, but when he gets back and gets healthy, him and Sam Hubbard form an unbelievable one-two punch. Uh, They've got linebackers and speed and corners. They can fly. They ball hawk. Cincinnati is a complete football team. They're the defending AFC champions. They know how to win at this time of year. They got Joe Cool back there, the Burrow version. And watch out for Cincinnati. That's all I got to say. Giants beat the Commanders 20-12 in a game that was actually really, really weird. Um, tremendous goal line stand by the Giants to get it done. Uh, they were up 14-3, and then it was just defense and toughness to get this thing going. And, uh, you know, Washington led in most offensive categories, but the Giants did all the little things. This is reminiscent of one of their wins from before, They went into this little recent slide, right, where they were, like, kind of hanging around, hanging around. Even week one against the Titans, really. I mean, they were kind of hanging around, hanging around. Boom, Dable goes for two. They get it. Uh, You know, those little things, right, like winning the short field, winning third down, winning possession, winning game management, um, you know, because they don't have an elite quarterback. I actually think Taylor Heineke's better than Daniel Jones. Uh, But the Giants won the way they kind of did in the beginning of the year, and that has to make you feel good if you're a Giant fan. Because that was the recipe for this team that is, I think, going to make the playoffs at this particular point. And what an unbelievable coaching job by Dable in year one. I think he's probably, if they go to the playoffs, he, he should be coach of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Final game, Monday Night Football. Packers staying in the playoff hunt with the win. The Rams are dead. Officially eliminated the defending champions. have just been just crushed, crushed, crushed by injuries on both sides of the ball. They just don't have any players. Um... And the Packers still only won by 12. But it was an A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones kind of game to kind of open it up for a manageable game from Aaron Rodgers. That's how they want to win with this group. We know that. We knew that going in. And Green Bay gets it done, and they will stay in the playoff hunt uh, here in the NFC. So there's your Week 15 recap in the NFL. My game ball. Hmm. My game ball is going to go to... Who do I want to give my game ball to? I'm gonna give my game ball to Kirk Cousins. 33 points down. He goes 34 of 54, leads him back, hitting everybody in stride, 460 yards and four touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, game ball for week 15. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by our great friend Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Matt Graham, your state farm agent, and our terrific pals over at Jam and Beats. Hey, if you're in and around Central New York and you need a DJ, Go with my pals at Jam and Beats. They do it right. Jamie and his team, they do weddings, they do private parties, you name it. Jam and Beats, go get them on Instagram and on Facebook. And, of course, you can visit them online as well. And that website is cnyjb.com. That's cnyjb.com. And quickly, a tip of the cap, thank you to Burton Ace Hardware, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and Chick-fil-A of Cicero.